0: I want to talk to you today about um, something that God spoke to me um, back in May-June time this year and has been living with me and in me and is a definite, definitely a work in progress. Um, and uh, as I've looked around this morning, I'm just so aware that there are so many of you who are living through really difficult circumstances right now, and I just want to really... Um, applaud you and cheer you on and thank you for being incredible disciples of Jesus, hanging on to truth at a time when everything is so scary. And um, I'm learning from you. You know, we learn from one another. And uh, I was just taken this morning as I looked around. I thought there's so many people here who could be stood here sharing what I'm going to share. So if that's you, please, you know, I I'm not trying to uh, tell you things that you don't already know, Um, but it's just sharing us for a journey, and I love the way that when we worship and we invite the presence of God, as we had this morning... He is just already on the job, Um, and so I feel like all my scripture references have been stolen by Tim and his amazing team this morning. They've preached the word. I could go home now, thank you. Um, But it's so good, isn't it? When God is speaking a word in season, it's just underlined and everywhere you go, you're hearing the same thing. So we're amongst friends, and I'm just gonna share where I have been and what I feel is what God is speaking to us in this season. Um, I've been walking with God for a long, long time now. That's something to do with my age, I think. And uh, I've been struck. What God has shown me in this season is it's very much going back to the basics when I first found out that Jesus was real. And the first flush of excited adventure of knowing that he heard me, he saw me, he didn't judge me, he accepted me, he loved me, he wanted to know, he wanted to be involved. And no matter how far you go on in this journey, it always comes back to the basics about listening to him and hearing him and learning how to process the things that you're facing in whatever season of life you find yourself through the basic, basic Christian principles and the the first truth. So, um, back in May and June time, I, I found myself in one of the most challenging situations that I'd found for quite some time. And um, I had been strengthened and very much encouraged at that time by a dear brother who had told him that God told him that his job was to keep his heart right and pure and that God would work out the rest. And do you know when you're listening to other people sharing their story, the Holy Spirit just takes their words and speaks right into your own heart? So I want to thank all of you who share what God is saying to you. And I want to encourage you to keep sharing because you just don't know what God is unleashing in that moment. So keep doing it. Keep sharing and keep being vulnerable with what God is telling you in a season. You just don't know what the Holy Spirit's up to in those moments. So there I was asking God, screaming to God actually um, for wisdom and uh, for all the things that I felt that I didn't have for that particular situation. And Wisdom, you know, is not knowing everything. People often say, oh, you know, above everything else, I want wisdom. Like, it's something that suddenly tells them everything they need to know in a given moment. But I think what God has shown me over the years, that wisdom is not knowing everything. Wisdom is a heart position. It's a position of your heart that helps you to go looking and asking in your pursuit of learning new things and finding out new truths. It's a way of life. It's, it's a continuous thing. So I may have wisdom for this moment right now because I've called on God to ask. He's given me something. But tomorrow, today's wisdom will not help. Tomorrow, it's a position of heart. So it's a whole preaching itself is that. But don't, don't be fooled into thinking some people are wise and I am not. There is a wisdom that comes from heaven every moment of every day and it's your heart position so you can be wise if you will Allow yourself to call on God and let him speak to you. So in that moment, I heard God whisper some very familiar words to me. It was so familiar, and it caught my attention. And it's one of my most favorite um, favorite passages of Scripture. And I'll, I'll just paraphrase. But this is what I heard him say from Ephesians 6. Jan, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, my girl, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in this evil day, and having done all that you can, stand. And that word, um, it's, it's been so helpful to me over the years of learning how to hear God and understand the battles I'm supposed to be fighting. And they're not always the ones that seem most pressing and right in front of you. Um, And as I was meditating on this, I just felt that God had handed me again a spiritual compass. It was like me finding a true north on my pursuit through what felt like dangerous territory and I hadn't got a clue where I was supposed to be going or what I was supposed to be doing. But I knew in that moment I needed to know What it is that God was saying, not what I thought. And um, as we sang this morning, thanks, here's my scripture reference, Psalm 119, 105, that God's word is like a lamp unto your feet. It guides the way. And um, so that was what was happening for me. It was a lamp. And it stopped me at that moment from getting lost. And I heard him whisper the importance of not allowing my decisions and my behavior to be based primarily on what my eyes were seeing in that moment, and what my ears were hearing in that moment, and what my mind and my emotions wanted to conclude from all I was seeing and hearing in a moment. And um, I am female, and I have powerful emotions, And uh, my head feels a bit like the Matrix sometimes, and I I can't even navigate it myself. Um, But God was calling me in that moment not to rely on my emotions and my head, my intellectual abilities. And He was telling me that I needed my spirit, the spirit that He had birthed inside me, to lead me and guide me, and not my soul, not my brain, and not my heart. And the wisdom that I required in that moment would be found in the spirit, not in worldly wisdom or in any of my past experiences. Were becoming quite, quite sizable these days. Um, they were of no use to me in that minute, um, and I needed to, to process the position, the situation I was in, and the events that were flowing from it in the spirit. And not through my intellect, not through my emotion or my compassion or anything that I'd learned so far. And that was going to take some active work and some active application. If only there was a button that I could press to short-circuit that process. But so far, not found it. It requires some application. Um, So, God was speaking to me that I needed spiritual wisdom and discernment. And he was calling me in this season, this is a now word for me, and I believe it's a now word for us, to call us to strengthen and grow our spirit man. Not our mind, not our head, um, but our spirit. And I have t- to give my time and resources and my attention to that, and I needed to make some changes. So, where do we go when life gets unpleasant? when it gets uncomfortable, when it gets painful, when it's a challenge, when it's overwhelming us. Where do we go in those moments? Well, speaking personally, distraction can work quite well, temporarily. Um, Sometimes we try to comfort ourselves. That's why Cadbury's do so well. And sometimes we run to other people. I need you to help me, I need you to help me, I need you to help me. And that can come from a good thing, and sometimes people can help you, but I don't believe that's the whole answer. And if you're anything like me, my, my solution is hide away, think a lot, and maybe I'll come up with the answer. That has not done very well, I have to say, but that is my natural tendency. That's my default mechanism. And uh, the question is, do I, or do we, do we explode or do we implode in those moments? I'm not sure, but it doesn't work. It doesn't give us the result that we want. So in this day and age, um, there are many, many modern words of wisdom that are quite trendy. Um, You know, it's let's all quote the latest in guy, whether it's secular, whether it's a preacher. There's cool things to say, cool things to attach yourself to. Um, And it can bring some security and comfort in a moment and some kind of reassurance. But the value of that is not an eternal one. Um, and, you know, some of these would be things like, that that doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Strength and growth only comes through continuous effort and struggle. If there's no struggle, there's no progress. And most growth comes through challenging times. You know, there's a lot of truth in some of those things, but actually, if I strengthen myself in those things, I'm not actually strengthening something that's going to last for eternity. And so... Um, where does my spirit draw strength? And I think that's the question I want to talk about, really, is Father God is calling us to give our attention to that that's eternal, and as well as giving us great value in a moment. Um, so, whilst thinking about feeding and growing our spirit and men and, man and women, I don't want you to hear something I'm not saying. I am a strong advocate of evidence-based therapy, medics, Counselors, psychologists, they offer things like cognitive behavioral therapy, grief counseling, trauma counseling, and loads of other things. And they can be incredibly helpful and necessary in a moment. And they, they are powerful in helping our mind and our emotions to be well. And, you know, when people share things... You know, I, I've been on the receiving end of this as well as the giving end of this, so I don't want you to hear that I'm the professional. I'm not, um, but I will always pray when people are in distress and needing help. I will always do that, but I will always refer folks to to get talking-based practitioners to help where I feel that's necessary. So I don't want you to hear it's one or the other. There's a place for everything. Um, And today I want to share with you some of the things that I've been hearing God speak to me and showing me concerning the maturing of our spiritual being. As I've shared before, you know, I've been through my own battles. I've been ill. I know what it is to battle with depression and burnout. I know what it's like in those moments. And things can feel totally impossible in those moments. And so what I'm about to share with you, if you are in that battle... I don't want you to feel any judgment whatsoever. I know what that feels like. Um, But there is something in here, and it's something I held true in my own battle of my head was not helping me in that moment. And my emotions certainly weren't helping me in that moment. That didn't mean to say that what I wasn't experiencing wasn't valid. It was very valid. But actually, what actually held me through that very dark season was what my spirit held me in I wasn't able to battle I wasn't able to manage I was too ill for that but actually what came from the spirit was what kept me safe and held me through the darkest moments so I don't want you to feel that I'm calling you to drown in all that's going on in your head and all that's going on in your heart I'm not calling for that but I want to speak this word to you that has really been helping me and will continue to do so So, this is a little bit of a a checklist of what was going on for me at the time with my difficult, challenging situation. I felt, and I thought, I was very inadequate for the task in hand. I felt that my intellectual capacities were insufficient. The complexities of the situation were far too big for my poor little head. My emotional capacity felt weak and insufficient, and I felt afraid. And I felt confused. I really didn't know what to do. And in that moment, I had a couple of choices available to me. One was my favorite run away, hide. Second one is to draw from what I had previously known to be true, draw from the disciplines that I'd practiced for many years as a young Christian, being a disciple of Jesus, that had laid down a well deep inside of me that my spirit could draw from in a difficult moment. And the truths that I've learned have come from Bible reading and scriptural songs of worship. This is my moment when I I just want to say, if ever I'm in trouble, if ever I'm facing death itself, I want our worship team there doing what they did this morning, because that feeds my spirit in those moments, so... There is something incredible that goes on in those moments. So, I am a music lover, the way that God has made me is I hear spiritual anointings in a sound, and when people have got the skill to write songs that are scripture to songs with that anointing, it feeds my spirit. So, as a young parent, often a single parent, due to my husband's vocation back then in medicine... Um, I was too busy. I didn't know whether I was up or down or upside down or inside out. But the only thing I knew to do, as my children will verify, and they now preach at me, is I would have worship music all the time. I couldn't read. I couldn't climb ahead. But I could saturate the atmosphere in our home with worship. And it fed my spirit. I I don't know how that happens, but it happens. So um, even this week, My youngest son, who we have the pleasure of having back at home for a short while, dared to turn off Chris Evans in the morning, who I use for my timekeeping to get myself out the door on time. And he turned off Simon Mayo in the evening, which is what I listen to when I'm making the tea. And he replaced it with worship. And I was both outraged and instantly blessed and edified. So that's just a for free. And you know, when your kids pull you up, and they do the things that you taught them to do when you're kids. You know you've done something right. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's an ongoing circle of life. You put these things in and it comes straight back at you. And because it comes from your kids, it's like, whoa, I have to listen to that because they know me. They know. They know what's true and they know what isn't true. So, so um One of my great favorites um, that I draw from from this well is that God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore I will not fear. And there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, me. God is in me, I will not be moved, God will help me just at the break of dawn. So these are the things that are laid down just by getting some good disciplines going in life, that you can have this well implanted deep within you so that you can... Let your spirit draw from it. So I encourage you to do that. So, throughout the Bible, then, we are often shown, and I want you to read your Bible listening through this filter. How many times are there references to we are made body, soul, and spirit? You go looking and let it jump out at you because there's a difference. So, bodies. We all have one. Some of them are more beautiful than others, but we all have one. And, and what's beauty anyway? Um, so we all have one of those. We know what that is. Our soul. Our soul is our mind and our emotions. And our mind and our emotions are very much connected to what is on the earth. It's the people. It's the circumstances. It's what's going on around us. We are affected. Our soul is affected by what goes on around us. But our spirit. Our spirit is only directly connected with heavenly realms. And it's that still small voice. It's the secret place. And spiritual authority and maturity is discovered and grown in the spirit. Not in personality. Not in character types. Not in maturity. It is... It's in the heavenly place that this thing happens. And we can make mistakes in confusing, passionate, enthusiastic behavior as spiritual authority or an anointing. It's not the same thing. Spiritual authority can be quiet. Spiritual authority can be many things. So don't make the mistake of adapting your behavior to look like something thinking that you're pursuing spiritual authority or spiritual maturity. It isn't. You are created in the image of God, and what he's put in you will look like you when the spirit breathes on it. So I'm just a bit passionate about that. Now... Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with enthusiasm. I have lots of enthusiastic people in my world, and I reap the benefit of that. This morning in worship, I heard enthusiasm and passion. It was an outlet, and it was carrying the Spirit of God. I love it. So don't hear me criticizing enthusiasm, because I'm not. Um, But I just want you to be aware of adapting behaviors to look like something, thinking that that's the way forward. It isn't. So let's not excuse, let's not make the mistake of externals. Spiritual maturity, character, and spiritual authority. There's no shortcuts in growing these things and developing things. It's a life's work. And I think it's a little bit like the heavenly romance that goes on. It's what comes in that atmosphere where you are loved. You know, Jesus is the lover of our soul, He loves your soul. The spirit that breathes is a lover of your spirit. It's going to feed your spirit. Now, it's not the knowledge of spiritual things that bears fruit. Because let's face it, we know a lot, don't we? We know a lot. Some people... No, no-takers? You don't know a lot? We, we are in a society where there is so much information. We can click our phone, we can click the computer, we can turn on the TV, the radio, there are books. We are in no short supply. Of knowledge. But it's the practice of what you know. It's actually doing it. It's the no shortcuts. There's no substitute for actually practicing and doing it. So we live in a challenging society, don't we? Instant, constant stimulation, which is both good and bad. It's great to have so much resource available to us, but it's also very distracting. And another thing that I loved this morning in our worship was the silence do we actually know what to do with silence? Do we have any silence anymore? I was thinking about this, that I think with the development of um, the technical age, we've lost the rhythms of life that naturally created a space to think, to meditate, and to draw on the spirit. There used to be you woke up in the morning and there was no noise. You just had to get up hopefully go to the bathroom, and hopefully get yourself dressed. But in those moments, when I was a young Christian, there was no grabbing your phone to keep up with the latest news feed, to check on Facebook, to check the messages, the WhatsApp messages. But how often do I find myself these days, almost the second thing I do when I wake up is, I'll just check the phone, make sure everybody's okay. The natural rhythms are getting messed up. And it's going, for younger people, that's all you've ever known. But how do you carve out times for listening and plugging into spirit? This is a challenge, and this is something that your will and your self-control are going to have to really carve out. One of the other things that I think is a, a difficulty these days is that we have a society that overreports opinion over fact, and they call it the news, And I have one of my children who loathes the news with great passion. And I have to say, I agree with him. It's all who's died, who's, what terrible atrocities happened next. And it's on every hour and every half hour. It's on all the time. You know, my son, I'm listening to you, I'm turning it off. You know, and actually giving your time, you have to be so aware that for your spirit to be fed, there have to be some silences. And in today's age, it takes active work to create silences. Then we all find ourselves in lots of environments, don't we? A lot of us work. Most of us live with someone or beside someone. We're parts of lots of different communities. And each of those communities has an atmosphere. And sometimes they're free environments, hopefully. Or learning how that looks. And, but many times in our society, it's clone central. At work, clone central. You look like this, you do this, you just get on and do it. You're not able to be fully who you are in those places. So what would it look like in our world, this world, if all giftings and graces were encouraged and pushed on to greater maturity? If that was an active process, we would always be moving forward, wouldn't we? It wouldn't look like the same old, same old every week. We would always be moving on. And the more that we listen to Holy Spirit, it takes us deeper and into new places. It's someone of my age, 53 just for the record, you can really fall into A great trap of thinking, well, I've been doing this so long. I know what God says about this. I know what I should be doing. But in that moment, what I'm drawing on is my head. I am not listening to spirit in that moment. I am listening and relying on, well, I always knew that. I always knew that. And there is no life and no lightness in that moment. And so my challenge in this season is, well, I know what I know But what is Spirit saying to me in this moment? What does he want me to do? And he's challenging me all the time to change. It's not enough to know a lot. What it is, is to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. So what I want to encourage, what I'm encouraging myself in, I want to invite you in, is individual growth adds to community growth. So... Being part of a community can be very helpful. It can provide lots of opportunities. It can model things that you don't know. But there is no substitute for your individual growth that you bring to the community. It's, I need, this morning, I have been so ministered to by other people because their growth, what they're hearing from God is feeding my soul and my spirit and bringing change. It brought me to a place of peace. It brought me to a place of confidence, not in myself, but in what spirit was making available. And so you, every single one of you, God is wanting you to grow, to keep changing, to keep hearing something new, not based on what you've learned over many years of great Bible teaching, great spiritual lessons, truths that you've been revealed to you. It's a changing onward, onward, a a today thing. Um, And I just want to encourage you in that. And there's another mistake that we can make in in our society is that everything looks shiny and can be very performance-orientated. I just want to say you cannot be brilliant out in public if you're not brilliant at home. And if there's one thing that being a parent has taught me is integrity really matters. If you're faking it out there, Your kids are going to tell you. And if they don't tell you to their face, they'll tell you when they start rebelling and kicking because they can see all the holes and the gaps. They know what's true. My kids are a miracle. They're an absolute miracle. They grew up in my home. I wasn't bad. But I see what's happened in that environment of what God's done. But what I'm saying to you is please don't fall into the trap That some external pressure, some external model is putting on you that this is the way that maturity looks, this is what it looks like to be X, Y, and Z. Your growth and your individual growth comes from your face-to-face, spirit-to-spirit time that you develop in the secret place. You know, the Bible is littered with references in the secret place, in that private place, in the silence, in... Intimate moments of worship, and you know, there's so many trendy words that can sometimes switch us off because we're overexposed to them. But it is in that encounter with God Himself in the private place, and you can—I mean, as we heard this morning and experienced this morning—deep, deep spiritual things going on in the silences corporately, and that's why we do it because you know, it's it's a combination of both. But don't let the balance get imbalanced. Give yourself to the individual time with God. So how do you grow your spirit then? And how do I stop this journey from stagnating? My secret top tip is ask Holy Spirit some good questions. He'll take the simplest questions actually, but here are some of mine. Holy Spirit, do I have a default mechanism that I go back to? That I go back to? I know this, it's like that code for I know this thing, so I'll do that thing because I know that that's true. Or am I reaching forward? Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me now? What's going on now? It's not a going back to. So default mechanisms, ask him if you've got them and ask him how you can possibly undo them. He will answer, I promise. Am I constantly asking God for more understanding or am I content with what I once knew? Do I actually engage my spirit in my day-to-day life, thoughts, decisions, or is it only when I am in company that I like to be seen to be doing that? Difficult questions, eh? Hey? When I was last challenged, in fact, I was challenged this morning, just challenged this morning, it's an ongoing thing, because, and that speaks to me of life, actually, um, because it's new. I, I'm, I've got to a place where I'm constantly uncomfortable. Constantly uncomfortable. Just to think I'm getting it right. He's telling me, I've actually got something more for you to see. And that's what he's doing in the spirit realm, not in my intellectual head. Another good question is, am I fitting in or am I belonging? What matters more to me? By fitting in, I mean... Adapting my behavior in order to be accepted. Am I adapting? Am I behaving a certain way because I think that that will be more acceptable and that people will notice me if I behave in a certain way? Fitting in is really uncomfortable. You know that saying, square peg in a round hole? That's what that's all about. But belonging, belonging is demanding too. It requires being seen for who you truly are. Who you truly are. Warts and all. Um, and it's about being seen and being validated. I can't validate unless I actually see. And yesterday, I had uh, the tremendous privilege of going to the funeral of a teacher that taught my two daughters years ago, and she was a very special lady. And she was a Christian. And one of the tributes was her classroom was like a corner of heaven because I always felt seen and I always felt validated now that is belonging that, that is what that is and um, that takes courage and that requires something of a spirit dimension in order for us to show up because it's scary isn't it, showing people what you really like and it takes a lot of trust how how can you cultivate your garden and your spirit place? You've got to live in this back-to-basics lifestyle, I think. And ask Holy Spirit how you can create a healthier environment that includes more time and space for him to, to speak. So I've already said it, but, you know, I went through a season this summer where, one after another, we lost internet connection at home. So I had no internet. And then the house phone died. And then my mobile phone decided to expire. And this went on in a sequence. So for about eight weeks, I had no internet, no telephone, and no mobile phone. And I can't tell you how frustrating that was on one level. But just as you know, somebody took the control away from me. They made it easy for me. <laughs> but I suddenly had a lot more time to be hearing God speak. You know, and I've often thought about having a shoebox by my front door to put all the mobile phones in as we come in, just to create spaces. I'm just throwing out these ideas. What can you do to create more space that you can connect on a spirit level rather than feeding your eyes and your ears all the time but actually making space? Because there is only so much space in your day. How can you create a bigger space for that? I told you about David turning on the worship instead of my... Chris Evans and Simon Mayo. But try that, you know, what do you do? What are your habits every day and what can you change to create more space? Another thing that I was very uncomfortable with until a couple of years ago was um, things like keeping a prayer diary and a journal. That to me was just awful, purely because I think I felt some shame. What happens if anybody saw what I wrote in there? It would be horrendous, you know? So now the truth is I write, I have a plan to burn everything I ever write. But just the sheer discipline, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, my children are going to read this one day. I've got to get rid of that. Um, Sorry, kids, there's going to be nothing for you to listen to look at. But actually, the discipline of keeping a prayer diary starts a conversation that I can go back to the conversation rather than getting on with my day and then losing the thread of what God was speaking to me about and I've got something to go back to. So this is a fairly new thing for me, and I'm finding it uncomfortable but really helpful because it's bringing a continuity and a, a rich thing. So, I'm, you know, when I was a young mom, I was always forgetting what God said to me last. I was so tired. I was so busy. I was so preoccupied. I couldn't remember. So that might be helpful for some of you. And to read his word. Now, I know from my own personal experience, and from the experiences of many others, that reading your Bible can be tough. And I just want to kind of break off any shame or embarrassment. That I understand it's hard. And if it is hard, just say it's hard. Tell somebody it's hard. Just tell them. Because I made the mistake of not telling anybody for a long time. And it doesn't help. It's actually better to say, you know what? I find actually reading the Bible for myself quite difficult. And there's some things you can do about that. Maybe life groups can do a read-through program. You know, dear friends at Rehope Church, they have an incredibly powerful, effective read-through program as part of their strategy. Do it. Create it find opportunities, find a friend, somebody that you can meet for, I don't know, 20 minutes before you go into work. Just find some way of doing it, but don't be isolated in these things. These are great spiritual disciplines. They are the very lifeblood. There is no substitute. There's no shortcuts for this stuff. Find something that works. Find each other on it. Tell the truth. It's just worth it. Um, It will make you stronger. So being more spirit-focused when you're busy with your everyday... Many, many years ago, I was offered um, a very tiny, thin book called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, 300 years old. A very, very humble man who was a cook in the kitchen who discovered the greatest secret of living in the kingdom of God here on earth and the art of practicing the presence of God as one single continuous act that doesn't end wasn't an on button and an off button but just doing the most ordinary everyday things with spiritual disciplines and you could hear God in them and it's a tiny book and it's well worth reading and it's one of those books that just comes on and off the shelf but these are the issues that we struggle with don't we? Yes, we do. Um, How do you make the mundane and ordinary everyday activities that are essential for your life to work spiritual things? How do you hear the Spirit of God? How is God speaking in those moments? It's just so important. So available on Amazon and other good booksellers. Please get a hold of a copy. Um, The other good question to ask is, is there a place in your life that you can take pain, frustration and disappointment because we face that all the time in life and it was never Father God's intention to keep you carrying it and absorbing it Um, because that results in constantly feeling burdened, terrified that there's never going to be an end and it's just going to destroy my life and it's not the life I want anyway. So learning how to get to Father and actually... Do the exchange that we heard about in worship this morning. How can you hand over your stuff and receive from God, God's stuff? It's so important that you learn, find people to help you process pain, disappointment, challenge. How do you, how do you deal with the agonies of parenting when it's not going well? How do you cope with the pain of sickness, how do you cope with aging parents, how do you cope with the stresses of business burdens and those sort of things. These are integral, so important areas of knowing that you can get into a place where you can process those things so that you can receive from God because you were never intended to carry the burden of everyday life. I was very blessed and challenged when um, another dear brother spoke to me not that long ago. And um, as I've referenced already, I went through a season two years ago of shockingly terrifying depression, um, which was awful. And we were just talking about that. And he was asking me how I was doing. And he said, Jan, I wonder if I see you as a pendulum that back when I was very sick, the pendulum had swung way over here, the boundaries that I would needed to keep me well were not in place and I got sick. Boundaries are not things to keep things out, they're there to put things in place to protect the things that keep you well. So that's how I got unwell. And the pendulum then swung the other way back as I went on my journey of recovery and getting well and actually knowing what was going on in my head and processing what was going on in my heart. and. And, I, you know, I'm so thankful to so many professionals and dear brothers and sisters and people who prayed for me and walked with me and cried with me and all those things. And I've gone on this journey of getting well, and that's good. And so we were just doing this little um, evaluation of where I was at just now, and he just said, I wonder if some of the mechanisms that you've put in your place might be still rooted in fear. Which I really wanted to say, no, 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 you can't possibly be right on that one. But you know, spirit's going, Ah, I think you probably need to listen to this one. And so I have sat down and thought, you know, very often there are things that we do, things that we are driving in our behaviours, but the root of it is not rooted from the love that comes of the presence of God. It's coming on self protection. It's coming on, I've got to do this because I am responsible. I am the source of keeping myself well. And that is not love. But actually the root for where I am and where we all are in that journey has to come from a rooted in love. Because you can't get fruits of spirit for something that's rooted in fear. If the origin is fear, then I'm not going to get the fruit that I desire. And the fruit I desire is what comes from the spirit and it's rooted in love. So, again, I've been doing an evaluation. It's an ongoing process. It never stops. Um, but walking full of spirit, a walking where in, a, in a lifestyle that is devoted, actively, intentioned to make space for spirit, to talk to spirit. You know, your spirit is a very um, responsive thing. If you neglect it, it shrivels up. If you feed it, it blossoms and grows and grows stronger. And so, make space and draw. Draw from the Spirit. You know, Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So, this has been a little bit of my checklist. If I am devoted to spirit what are you saying i'm just going to lay to one side what my head says i'm going to lay aside what other people's opinions say i'm going to lay aside all the many great things that i've been taught over the years that i do value i want to listen to you spirit if i lay those things aside and listen to spirit spirit talks to spirit, my spirit man is strengthened. I'm acting out of what spirit's telling me. In that moment, what I receive in the spirit will bring a much healthier perspective to what I allow my head to tell me and what my emotions will do. And I know it's a fine balance, and again, I don't want to bring any judgment if you're struggling in that area. I know what that feels like, so I just want to encourage you to keep going. But actually allowing your spirit man to draw on spirit will bring a measure of richness and grace and equip you so that you will bring your best self to the situations you find yourself. Your best parenting, your best work interactions, your best brother and sistering, your best friends sitting before you and they're asking you what to do in a moment. You can share what your head tells you You can share what your heart tells you, but so much better is what the Spirit is telling you in that moment because that's where the Holy Spirit blows. And the fruit you'll find is an increase in love, an increase in joy, an increase in peace, a capacity, an enlarged capacity for long-suffering and forbearance, a greater measure of kindness, more goodness, faithfulness that doesn't stop, doesn't blow hot and cold, gentleness self-control that ability to tell yourself what to do and make yourself do it not that pit of good intentions that never happens i know what that's like you find that your attitudes and your behaviors and your personality and those traits will be shaped by saturation and feeding of the spirit there's no other substitute but everything goes up when your spirit dominates. Our souls and our bodies are affected by our spirit. They really are. And I just want to send a clarion call to you to devote more time to this, more of your resources, more of your energies, because these are the things that last for eternity. These are the things that bring depth of character These are the things that bring spiritual maturity that is continuing to grow. That isn't just, well, I was good once, I'll always be good. But it's from glory to glory to glory to glory. What we as a community need, what this city needs, what this nation needs, what the world needs, is more than we have now. That is not to devalue. We are seeing amazing and wonderful things. We are enjoying the goodness of God like never before, never in my lifetime. It's never been more exciting. It's never been more rewarding. It's, 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 it's just an exciting time to be alive. But there is more. And we'll find the more in the devotion to feeding spirit. So I just want to say, practice, 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 practice practice, keep doing it every minute, every day, every situation, every friendship, every challenge, every victory, practice, practice, allowing your spirit to be ahead. I just want to end by praying, if that would be okay with you. I wonder if, are well, you free to do what you like? I just, I just want to pray over you, whether you want to stand, sit, close your eyes, open your eyes. Hold your hands out to God for more of this. I just want to pray over you if that would be okay. I call your spirit to life and I call it to be fully engaged every day. I bless your spirit with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and I bless your spirit with an openness to God. I bless your spirit with the fullness of many different kinds of joy. I bless your spirit with the greatest joy that comes from experiencing the presence of God in your spirit. I bless your spirit with a fullness of joy in the night watches as the spirit of God ministers to your spirit to bring healing and to wholeness. I bless your spirit as a sanctuary, a safe place, a place where you're visited by Holy Spirit, where he's going to brood over your spirit and you'll become intensely familiar with that presence of him within you. I bless your spirit with the ability to sense God's presence watching over your life in every area. I bless your spirit with the ability to know the love of God, its length, its breadth, the depth of it and the height of it. I bless your spirit with the sensitivity to see what the Father sees and respond with his heart. I bless your spirit with the ability to know those things that are true, those things that are honest, the things that are just and pure and lovely. I bless your spirit with the ability to to be preeminent over your soul and body and to bring them under its control. I bless your spirit to be confident and free and free from the deceptions of the lies of this world. And I bless your spirit with the ability to stand firm in truth and walk in that truth. I bless your spirit with new areas of courage and the ability to step out without hesitation or fear. I bless your spirit with strength and courage and boldness to do that, that it will not be afraid of men. And I bless your spirit with a greater ability to receive revelation from the spirit of God. Father, we are so hungry for more of you. We are not content to rest on what we once knew. And Father, I call on you for myself and everyone listening that you would quicken our spirits, that you would strengthen us to make more time for you, that you would open our ears to hear more of you in a moment, and the courage to do what you're calling us to do, and the courage to change what we once held to be true. Father, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my spiritual family. I thank you for my community. I thank you for Hope Church Glasgow. I thank you for everyone who's ever served us, past, present, and future. I thank you for these incredible people that you are drawing on this journey as we learn what it is to bring heaven to earth. And Father, I pray that your hallmark on us would be a community that is growing and maturing and being shaped by your spirit. Thank you, Father, that you are faithful, that you hear every word, And every word that you spoke will not return to you empty. You will see to it that everything that you spoke will be true. In Jesus' name, amen.